Hey, Phil, how do you do it within 10 seconds? Phil, how to figure it out? Yep, figured he would. There's very little that man doesn't know about computers. <laughs> He's incredible. Well, it's like Jackie said, she doesn't want to be the voice, but everyone has a talent here, you know. Yeah. Okay, are we ready? Yep. Oh, no, let me start it over again. Um, pause. Cancel. All right, 15 minutes. Okay. All right, here we go. Um, all right. Let's take it. Well, good morning, and welcome to the Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station. We are 104.3 FM, 1220 AM, KSLM. I am your host, and I'm so glad that you joined us. Today's Terry Saul Show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, Teresa Lule, State Farm Insurance. Today is our special... Today is our special... You just want to go ahead and make all the noise you want, Baron? Yeah, uh, probably okay. so. It's only live radio. Just come in here and make all the noise. Baron Robinson who uh, comes in here and just kind of like disrupts everything every time he comes in here, has joined us. And uh, you're going to do a polar plunge, aren't you, coming up here in a couple of weeks? I am. Why? Yeah. Why? I'm not sure why. Do you know how cold that water is? It's going to be cold. Especially if you dump in some ice like you're threatening to do? No, I'm not threatening. I will do it. Yeah? Why? Because Why would you want to, just out of curiosity, why would you want to do that? The ice or the plunge? Okay, let's go with one. <laughs> first one first and the second one. Why would you want to do either one? Um, the ice. Let's start with the ice. Why are you going to dump ice in that? The, the ice is for dramatic effect. But then you're going to jump in right after it. Because the name of our team is Kicking Cancer in the Icy Water. So there needs to be some ice in the water. <clears throat> so that's the reason for the ice cubes. All right. I have, I have done a Spartan race in 47 degree air, and the water was 42 degrees when I did the underwall. So I have done really cold water. Yeah, but I didn't jump in. Let me ask you a question: when you when you do something like that and you hit that really cold water, do you swear? In my head. Okay, I'm just curious because I'd be, I'd be saying some really <laughs> wrong things. You go, that's just cold. Yeah. What What worries me most about the polar plunge is like every time I did it before, you kind of work your way into the water, where now we're just going to jump straight in. So you're just going to go from medium temperature to really cold really fast, um, and. I don't know what to expect. The fact it's going to be cold, but I tend to yell a lot, so there'll probably be some yelling involved. Like, whoa, that was cold. <laughs> now, we're going to be out there doing live radio, so when you do yell, keep in mind we're on the air. Well, if they hear me off the air in yeah, Salem, yeah, they'll yeah. know I went in. That's what I'm worried about there. <laughs> what right. is kind of fun, though, is that uh, I was at Kaiser Chamber Greeters recently, um, and Amy Ryan Courser challenged Mike Adams to raise mm -hmm. more money. So they've both joined our team, and we plan on holding hands together and all three jumping in together. But now we have a couple of our people here from the radio station that are gonna, on your team as well. I only have two hands, but I'll hold their hands too. Okay, and you're, and all of you are going to just jump in at the same time? Yep. We have, we're up to 12 on our team now. Now, how, how long are you supposed to stay in this water? I think you have to jump in and get out. I don't think you have to play in the water. Man, I'd be out so fast that your head would spin. I'm pretty sure that... Um, Amy may not actually get wet. She may go in and out so fast that she doesn't get wet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and you know, with 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 Amy, though, she's got you know. You, what about the the makeup and stuff? Is... I, I, well, if she's smart, she won't wear makeup. Okay, you right. know, the mascara 
Washing it off, not a good idea. Well, we're about to get ourselves in some real trouble, aren't we? I think we should stop and go to our <laughs> subject now. <laughs> All right. So if people would like to come down and see this, where's this taking place? It's at Illahi Golf Course's pool, their outdoor pool. Well, the pool's going to be heated, won't it? It's their outdoor pool. They're not going to heat it in the wintertime. Okay. They're not going to waste the electricity to heat this pool in the wintertime because no one is actually going to... a bunch of knuckleheads are going to jump in. Exactly. Exactly. So it's going to be about the temperature of whatever the air is, you know, and right now it's running like 40 degrees outside, so it's probably going to be 40 degree water. The good The good news for me is the original plan was the Willamette, which one is gross, it's dirty, but the the current's really strong, which is why we're not doing the Willamette. Right. But more importantly, there's runoff... From the mountains, so the the, Willa- the Willamette's probably colder than the swimming pool. Wow! I mean, just I'm just saying. Now, what, what do you What do you wear? Um, you can wear whatever you want. One of our teammates actually went online in Amazon and bought a penguin onesie, like a like a pajama onesie. So she's going to jump in the water wearing this p- penguin outfit. <laughs> <laughs> you people are weird. <laughs> so, and and you know, there's going to be some tough guys. I'm just going to wear my swimsuit. I might do that. And just go in. That's so cold. I know. That is so cold. <laughs> wow. Actually, I found, I, I think I, and you have the question, I think I know what I'm going to wear now. So um, I was at Ross Dress for Less recently, and I thought they were actually underwear for little boys. So I have a grandson. Yeah. They're adult size briefs, but they have Spider-Man and, and Captain America on them. Uh, so I may jump in the water wearing these superhero briefs. You're so weird. Yep, that's very true. Okay. That's very true. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, and your is, listeners already know that, though. <laughs> this is taking place? February the 5th. All right, and we're going to be out there. We're going to be doing, uh, actually, we'll be doing my show live from there. We'll also be doing Stacy's show out there. So we'll be out there for two hours. Yeah, the, so the and, at, at 9 o'clock in the morning, they're doing a 5K run. So you can still join our team, not get in the water, do the 5K run, raise money, because the goal is to raise money. Are you doing the 5K run? If my ankle will support it. What's I, wrong with your ankle? I rolled my ankle recently. How'd you do that? You're not supposed to step on the bowling lane when you're bowling. If you pass the foul line, step backwards, not forward. Okay. I stepped forward to catch myself, which was a really bad idea. Well, also, a buzzer goes off. If you cross the lane there, the... the well, they turned the buzzer off, oh. but they did capture it on video, and someone threatened to throw it on Facebook, looping over and over again, me falling, falling, falling. All right. So my ankle's healing, so I may or may not do the run. What's your bowling score? How how, how well do you do bowling? That day I shot negative 10. Okay. So (laughs) I'll I'll bowl you for five bucks then. Okay. See, if I cheat, I can usually break 100 if I cheat. Okay. Which I try to cheat all the time. Okay. Break that 100. (laughs) Patty's a bowler. She goes bowling every week. She's on a league, and and she goes, oh, I only bowled a 260 today. I go, seriously? A 260. That's a pretty darn good bowler. That's a pretty good bowler. That's a good bowler. And it's just like... I I bowl about 150, 160 when I'm not stepping on the bowling lane and falling on my butt. Seriously? Without cheating, you can bowl 150? Yeah. Really? But if they take the bumper things up, then I can't. If they leave the bumper things down, I can. Yeah. yeah. Well, they always put the bumper down for me. They have to. They put them down for five-year-olds, Terry. Yeah, but they put them down for me, too. (laughs) (laughs) If they don't put them down for me, what good am I going to do? All right. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. And um, who, who else? Mike Adams, you said? So Mike Adams is our team from Adams Rib. Okay. Um, and the kid that we're doing this for, uh, he qualifies for Special Olympics because to get the cancer out of his brain when he was four years old, they had to give him an adult dose of chemotherapy. Hmm. 
And for those that don't know, chemo cannot distinguish between good cells and bad cells. They're getting better at targeting. But 30 years ago, when he got cancer, it just killed brain cells. And hmm. so even though he's 35 now, mentally he's about 14 or 15. Right. So he qualifies for Special Olympics. He loves to play golf. He and I play golf together. But we're helping raise money for Special Olympics in his honor. He, his mom, and his dad are jumping in with us. Nice. Um, along with some other people in town that want to support. So how many people are going to be jumping into this pool? Total? Yeah. Oh, uh, over 100. Really? Yeah, South Salem High School has over 30 people on their team. Wow. And the the Portland, I'm mean, sorry, the Salem Police Department has a team. I don't know how many are on their team. Yeah. Um, so are they, they're all going to jump in at the same time? It's like three, two, whatever, it jumps in? I don't know. My guess is they'll probably do a team at a time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the answer to that question. And is there a time limit when you, how long you're supposed to stay in the water or anything? Or No. Get in, get out. Okay. And if you're really stupid, get in again. Are you going to go in a second time? Probably. Why? Because I'm not stupid. Okay. Because <laughs> once you're cold, you're cold. And then you just have fun. You Plus, know what? If that's you... the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's the <laughs> dumbest thing. So, okay, that's like saying, well, I was already speeding. I already got a ticket, so I might as well speed some more then. But you know what I will do? I'll come give you a hug. No, when you I'm won't. Like, when I'm like, no, oh. you won't. <laughs> you watch how fat this little fat guy runs. No, you won't. I'll be cold dead. Yeah, all right. Is your wife going to do it with you? She has to work that day. Yeah. So she's pledging. She signed up to work that day, huh? <laughs> she, did. she says, I'm Please, not coming. allow me to work. Let she is work. not coming out watching me be an right. idiot. <laughs> so if people want to, to pledge, what's the best way they can do it? Well, as I understand it, there's going to be a link on KSLM's website. Okay. And you'll actually be pledging some of the people here that work here. Um, but all of those pledges, whether you're pledging me personally or Mike Adams or, or the people here at KSLM, all of that goes towards the Kicking Cancer team. So what, what are they pledging? That you're actually going to do the jump? No, they're pledging mo- We're going to do the jump whether they pledge or not. So okay. I spent $10 to do the jump. Then I go try to raise money. So they're going to pledge money towards Special Olympics because you're dumb enough to the jump. Got it. Okay. No, that makes sense. So, so either either way, um, they're they're giving money towards the Special Olympics. You're you're, you're jumping in anyhow, right? I mean, it. like we've got one person on the team right now that spent the ten dollars to sign up, and no one's pledged them yet. So they've raised ten dollars. Mike Adams has raised almost five hundred dollars. Really? He's leading our team right now with the most money raised. Um, our team is in tenth uh, place in the state and third place in the city. Okay. So our goal is to pay pass the Salem Police Department. Now we're we're all this is all taking place at multiple locations on that day, correct? Yes. So where, where else is it taking place? Uh, there'll be one in Portland, probably the Columbia River. There's one in Lincoln Why? City. The Columbia River. Why would you jump in there? I know. Well, the one in Corvallis is in the Willamette. There in Corvallis. Yeah. Um, the one in Lincoln City is in the ocean. So you know, my whole thought is it's going to be cold water. But the ocean, you have to actually run in, which is, you know, cold, 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 cold. Whereas us, it's just cold, and you're done. But there's, okay. a, there's, a, re, there's a recurring theme here. Cold. Oh, there's a recurring, recurring theme here, all right. Like, cold. Yeah. <laughs> big time cold. Yeah. So, but, it, but it is a big time. Spe- it, the reason I'm doing this is because it's time for our organization to give back. Sure. And we want to give back to Special Olympics because of Michael. That's awesome. I interviewed uh, Sheriff uh, Jason Myers a couple of years ago when I was across town at the other station, and, and he did that. 
And he had to go up to Portland and jump in someplace up there. I would imagine the Columbia River. And, uh, you know, when, when being the sheriff, okay, I need some volunteers to go do this with me. Yep. Who is going to volunteer to do this with me? And he says, yep, you got a lot of people that, that did it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So how much money do you think will be raised total? So the state's goal is to raise $600,000. And I don't know where the states add on their total. Um, the city's goal is to raise sixty thousand. Our team's goal is ten percent of that. So we want to raise six thousand dollars as a team. We're at fifteen hundred right now. So we definitely need some more pledges. Sure. Um, and again, if you go to the KSL website, you guys are going to have a link that will pledge people here. They're doing the pledge, and all that money ultimately goes to Special Olympics. Now, could people come out just to watch this thing? Yeah. And laugh. Probably. Okay. When they see me, they will. <laughs> guarantee it <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting i i've never covered one of these before so i'm, I'm looking forward to actually being out there and, and we're going to be live on the radio when you jump and you you'll probably hear your scream the loudest <laughs> that's very possible that was barren right there okay yeah. but mike adams is pretty loud too so when he were out to be in together so mike might be loud too yeah all right and then what do you do after it's over with you got, how do you get warm um i plan on bringing a nice coat and i'm hoping they have hot chocolate yeah. Do you have like a big heavy robe or something that you put on? I don't know. I'm going to have to find one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the first thing I would find. It's a heavy robe? <laughs> exactly. Well, this is going to be fun. And uh, it's, it's taking place. In, is this, this is your first time doing that? Yep. But you've done other goofy things where you go underwater and I've done roll around in the mud. And I've done Spartan races. Most of the, What I discovered early on with Kicking Cancer three and a half years ago was if I could find a thing to do for somebody else, like that would motivate me to do something crazy for somebody else, it kept me motivated. Um, just for COVID well, hit. If you if you really want to get motivated, go wash my car. <laughs> okay. That's doing something for somebody else. <laughs> for crying out loud. Uh, but, but just for COVID hit two years ago, there was a lady I met up in Tigard who was in her fifth battle with breast cancer and it had moved to her lungs so the american lung association was doing a stair climb it was at the u.s bank tower in, in downtown portland it's 40 stories to the top so it's called fight for air and i will tell you at the 25th floor you know your lungs were live you, you, were you running up it or just walking either way um i take the elevator you can't you, down you can take the elevator down that's because you had no energy to go down the stairs <laughs> um but I had a great tip given to me that, you know, pace yourself because you've got 40 flights to go. It's 865 steps. Not that I was counting. Um, <laughs> but I started going really fast early because I had all this energy. And I realized I got a long ways to go. So I slowed down. And about 25th floor, you know, your lungs are alive. You're breathing pretty heavy. And about the 33rd floor, it's just counting floors to get to the top. And when I came down the elevator, they told me, oh, you can do it again. And there was one guy that did it five times. He did 200 flights. Becky looked at me. She was the guy I was doing it for. Becky says, you only got to do this once for me. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> he did it five times? He did 200 flights. Why? I'm not sure. Man, that's I'm a guy sure. that's got to be in total great shape. Well, he's a lot, lot younger than I am. Jeez. All right. Yeah. Hey, we're uh, we're going to need to take a short break here. When we come back, more with today's special guest, Baron Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the Terry Saul Show on 104.3 FM at 1220 AM. We are KSLM. Today's show, it's being brought to you by our good friends over at the Lule Group. Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule State Farm Insurance. More in just a moment. Stick around. We've got a lot more to talk about. We're just getting warmed up.
Alright, here we go. <clears throat> Good morning. We are back with today's special guest. Well, let's try that again. One more try. Yeah, let me start it. Alright, what am I supposed to say? Welcome back to Terry's All Weekend. Okay, now. Welcome back to the Terry's All Weekend Show. We are talking with my buddy Baron Robinson from Kicking Cancer. What makes Kicking Cancer different from everybody else? When I started this organization a little over three years ago, I wanted to take a different approach on the cancer fight. And I heard a great quote by General Schwarzkopf from the first Desert Storm back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And just quick history lesson, the, the coalition forces have been formed. We were set to attack, and the, the press asked General Schwarzkopf what the game plan was. What's the plan? Like we're going to tell them our game plan. Exactly. Yeah, let's, we're going to sneak up here. And... Let's tell the enemy what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, what he said was, we're going where they ain't. And I like that. We're going where they ain't. Going where they ain't. I know it's not grammatically correct, but, you know, it was General Schwarzkopf. It works. It, it works. And I have a friend who was actually in one of the tanks, so I know this is accurate. When the sun set, the tanks went on both sides of the Iraqi forces. When the sun came up, they had tanks behind them and army in front of them. And the conflict didn't last very long. No. You know? What are you going to do? Um, so as I thought about all the organizations out there that, that do things for cancer and in whatever nature – what they don't do is they don't provide local support. They don't jump in cold water for kids who got cancer 30 years ago. They don't climb towers that are 40 stories tall for some lady who's battling breast cancer into her lungs. We are about local support, whether that be crazy adventures or raising money. Um, and then we're also about education. We're educating you on how to hopefully not get cancer. We are very much a proactive to prevent organization. How do you how do you not get cancer? There you are, told me one time that we all have cancer. We do. We all have some kind of cancer cells in our body. Um, so how do you not get cancer? So there's a lot of things going on in our environment. So back to your original statement, um, any cell that is duplicating faster than it should is cancerous. But if your immune system is good, it's going to kick those cells out for lots of different ways. But as a nation and as a world, really, we don't have great immune systems. And so our bodies are now more susceptible to cancerous cells growing faster than they should. So you need to do things to hopefully not get cancer. Change your diet. Some kind of exercise. Not crazy things like I do, but some kind of exercise. You've got to get that stress out of your life. Stress affects your cells at such a high level. That's such a good joke right there, but I'm not going to... Yeah, well, I will take it. All right, you want stress out of my life, tell her to move out. But I'm bummed in. And, and, and Patty's phone number is... Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 911. <laughs> I don't even know the phone number for 911, so give me a break. <laughs> the other thing you've got to do is you've got to get more rest. And this was a hard one for me because it's I... It's a hard one for everybody because of this day and age... We, it's go, 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 go. It and is. And when you're done, go some more. Yeah. And for a lot of people, myself included, um, you know, I worked hard, worked hard, and I said, I'll sleep when I die. And quite honestly, that's probably a true statement. <laughs> it takes your, it takes your liver five hours of sleep to regenerate itself. Okay. So you do need sleep. You've got to get at least, at least five or six hours and catnaps are good. I used to think that they weren't, but they're good. They give you a chance for your body. Catnaps are fun. They're great. I take them. They're great. I always say to my grandkid, you ready to go lay down and take a nap? Grandpa, will you snuggle with us? You bet. Yep. I'm all over that program. 
And I'm out first. Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone goes to our website, which is kicking-cancer.org, our, our core values are those five things. Support, um, rest, education. I mean, I'm sorry. Support, rest, stress, food, and exercise. And all five of those are critical to try to get into, to, into your lifestyle so hopefully you don't get cancer. Mm-hmm. And if you do get cancer, if you're doing those things, you're going to live through it a lot better. Well, one of the things that, that I learned is that if you do get diagnosed with the C word, which is I call it, it's not automatic death sentence. Nope. Okay. I was diagnosed in, what, 97? And, yeah, 97, November of 97, and they took my kidney out. And guess what? I'm still pumping right now. Yep. Um, you know, it's just... It's not an automatic death sentence. It's things you got to do to take care of it, and you have to do that. Otherwise, it could be. Yep. And uh, one, I just found out yesterday that a good friend of mine, uh, comedian Louis Anderson, is in a Las Vegas hospital as we speak, battling cancer. Right now. Oh dear. And uh, I, I was talking to his sister last night, and uh, she said, "No, not doing real good. Needs some some prayers and some hugs." I said, "Well, make sure you give them from us." And, wow. And he's, uh, you know, he, he, when you hear something like that, I've, I've opened for him 21 times now in Vegas, in five different casinos in Vegas. I've opened for a couple of casinos here in Oregon, um, and we've just become good friends. So it's, you know, you hear something like that, and it just kind of tugs at the heart. Yeah. Here we go again. Yeah. Here we go again. Well, and if you think like like 20 or 30 years ago, um, you might have heard one or two people you knew who had cancer. I mean, even I graduated from high school in the early 80s, and I I can only remember a couple people that I even knew who had cancer. But now you're hard-pressed by somebody who knows that doesn't know someone yeah. with cancer. It's just becoming more and more and more prevalent in our world. Yeah. One of the things that, that Patty and I were talking about the other night was, yeah, I'm, I'm in my 60s, um, and it seems that all of the people that we know are dying, friends and family and, 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 and just people that we've, we've come in contact, they're dying. Why is everybody dying all of a sudden here? You know, it's well, I said, well, it's, we're we're not in our twenties anymore. I mean, if you if you remember when you were in your twenties, thinking about how old you are now was a long ways away. Long ways away. And what happened? It, it stuck up on us. Yeah, it snuck up on us. And and cancer can do that. Cancer can sneak up on you. You could be perfectly healthy one day, and all of a sudden, eh, they're gonna go to the doctor, and and all of a sudden he says, "Hey, you've got the c word." Yeah, I mean, we've got a guy that. So once a quarter, Kicking Cancer finds somebody local to support. Fourth quarter of last year, it's a guy here in town. It's named Jeff Morrison. He turned 59. He was having some really bad stomach pains that just weren't going away. So he went in, stage four, pancreatic cancer. Three days after he turned 59 years old. Mm. No clue what it was other than stomach pains that weren't going away. You know, I mean, right here, Doc Nelson, you know, you don't see it coming and then it comes at you all yeah. of a sudden and yeah. so we're just trying and, to do what we know, can to it, help stop it it's such a scary scary feeling when when the doctor looks at you and says you've got the c word because i mean i remember i remember in 97 when my doctor told me he says uh yeah it looks like your kidney's got cancer and then we're gonna need to go get your kidney out and and i thought cancer wait a minute, wait a minute. i lost my mom my dad and my brother to cancer and uh, he says, "No, we can we can save this one. Let's just take care of business." Yeah, and they do, but it's it's such a scary feeling. Yeah, uh, and not only is it scary for 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 me thinking about my own mortality, but but you're you're also worried about your family. I've got children. 
I got a wife. I've got a little puppy dog. Yep. You know, and you start thinking about that, and it's like, hmm, strange. Yeah. Hey, we need to take a short break. When we come back more with today's show, we're talking with uh, my buddy Baron Robinson. And this show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, Teresa Lule, State Farm Insurance. Back in just a moment. Uh, how's your, okay. All right, here we go. We are back. This is the Terry Saul Weekend Show, Salem's original radio station, KSLM AM and FM. I am your host. Today we're talking to my buddy, Baron Robinson from Kicking Cancer. How is the, the message that Kicking Cancer um, puts out there different from from other cancer? Uh, what, what am I look, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I think most cancer organizations... There you go. Organizations. I, uh, I don't use big words like that. <laughs> um, I, I say they're very reactive in their message. So How so? So let's use American Cancer Society, for example. So you're diagnosed with cancer, okay. and they're going to they're gonna help get you to Portland. They're going to put you in a hotel. They're going to help you deal with cancer, but that's reactive. You already have cancer. Okay. Susan G. Coleman, great organization for breast cancer, but again, reactive. You already have cancer. Um, our message is more proactive. And a lot of times, if you're trying to take care of yourself, you never have an idea of how many diseases you didn't get because you were proactive. So it's a harder message sometimes to tell people. Um, That's an interesting statement. It really is that you don't, you don't know how many diseases you didn't get because you were proactive. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, you know, our, our message is about living a healthier lifestyle. And, you, do, you know, doing your best not to get cancer. And in that process, you don't know how many diseases you didn't get because you were actually living a healthier lifestyle. Um, so ours is a, 
proactive message versus a reactive message. Okay. Um, and and I, I want to throw a couple of – I always have a book that I try to bring in for you. This is an interesting book that I is came – Is this a piss-me-off book? This is my piss-me-off book. All right. Yeah. You, there's always got to be one, Terry. All right. Go but ahead. this book was actually written in 93, so this book is already 30 years old. Okay. Um, but it, So a little of the data stops at 93, uh, but he talks in the first part of this book about new cases of cancer in the United States. So okay. in two th- in 1900, so 122 years ago, there were only 25,000 new cases of cancer in the entire United States. The way you say the only 25,000, that's still a lot. Yeah, but we're talking all 50 states, okay. right? right. <laughs> it's still a lot, but that was the, the entire United States was 25,000. Okay. By 1962, so right at the start of Vietnam, it had climbed to half a million. And there's a few factors I'll get into, but by 1971, it had climbed to 635,000. So it had gone up by 100,000 in those 10 years, and that's when President Nixon started the National Cancer Institute. Um, He took a million dollars of taxpayer money, he started the National Cancer Institute to try to figure out why cancer was growing and start this war on cancer to try to turn the tide. Mm -hmm. But by 1992, so 20 years into that war on cancer, it had gone from 600,000 to 1.1 million. Hmm. And in 2020, it was 1.8 million. So 50 years ago, we start this war on cancer with 600,000 cases. Here we are 50 years later with 1.8 million. That's a 3,000% increase in new cases. But what what I don't understand, Baron, is that technology today is so far more advanced than it was 50 years ago shouldn't those numbers be going the other direction you would think so you would think so but you told me the last time you pissed me off you told me the doctors don't really want to find a cure for cancer so okay. i'm going to give i'm going to give you 30 now, 30 30 year old information all right cuz this book is 1993 so in the start, I don't of the, like the way you're looking at me right now. <laughs> you're going to get me riled. Go ahead. So in the first part of this book, he's just kind of setting the stage for this diet that he wants to talk about. But in 1919, okay. So now we're talking a hundred years ago. Um, this particular gentleman, uh, he was a junior at Washington University. This patient came in with lung cancer, and the doctor said it was so rare for someone to have lung cancer, that he wanted the students to observe the autopsy when the guy died. So the guy died from lung cancer. They did the autopsy for the students to see what was going on, because it was so rare for someone to have lung cancer. And he says, it's a direct quote, he says, I stressed that the condition was so rare, I thought we might never see it another case as long as I lived. Hmm. And then in 1936, 17 years later, the next case of lung cancer came up. Okay. Okay. So this is what's going on back then. And then and you jump forward a little bit farther. Now we're talking the same time period, 1937. This comes from um, Prudential Life Insurance Company. They have someone that's getting all of their you know, rates on you know, what your life insurance is going to cost. And they have this guy as a cancer specialist and a consultant for the statisticians. And he says that uh, diet was playing a big part in causing cancer in 1937. Um, following World War II, frozen and enriched foods became more widely available 
many tropical and subtropical foods such as oranges, grapefruits, and pineapples found their way into our daily breakfast table. Soft drinks, ice cream, candy bars, pizza, hamburgers, frozen french fries, potato chips, other fast food became a way of life. All As, the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. This is 1945-1950. Okay. Right after World War II. As cancer rates climbed, the medical profession stepped in, uh, stepped up its technological arsenal. By 1971, President Nixon formed the National Cancer Institute. So what changed between 1930 and 1950 was our food system. Interesting. Because we brought in enriched fruits, frozen um, fruits that we shouldn't, we shouldn't normally get at that time of year. We were able to get, because of the changes in the food system, we began to bring in soft drinks, ice cream, candy bars, pizza, hamburger, french fries, potato chips. All this stuff worked its way into our food system. And between 1950 and 1971, cancer climbed by almost 200,000. So what you're saying is that, that the increase was largely due to what we were eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, it was so bad that by 1976, the concern for healthy food um, echoed throughout the halls of Congress. In its historic report, Dietary Goals for the United States, the Senate Selection Committee on Nutrition and Human Needs listed cancer as one of the six major degenerative diseases associated with improper nutrition. 1976. Wow. We're talking about a committee yeah. in Congress in D.C. Yeah. The report sent shockwaves throughout the American food industry and medical profession. The Cattle and Hog Growers Association, the poultry and egg producers, and the refined salt industry condemned the report. Of course they would. Because it would affect their livelihood. Exactly. Of course they are. So they condemned the report. The report really never really made its way out to the public. And the food system that we had 40 or 50 years ago still exists, but it was already bad in the 30s. They announced early in, you know, after World War II, it was already getting bad. By 76, it was getting worse. So, what, what, what do you do today? Watch what you eat? That's really a lot of what we're talking about, is being more aware of what you're consuming. One of our, you know, we've got five core values, and eat real food is one of them. And we've got to the point that a lot of the food we're eating is not real food. It's a lot of processed food, right? right? right. And so just being aware of what you're eating. Um, you and I did an interview sometime back with a gal from California named Jamie Westerfield, and all she did was these capsules that have real fruits and vegetables in them. You know, I take one in the morning, one at night, because that's my best way to get 13 fruits and vegetables is through those little capsules. Um, just to conclude that last thought, by 1977, so Nixon starts the war on cancer. President Carter's now the president in 1977. His sister got pancreatic cancer. So he commissioned a bunch of major scientists to come in. And in September, one of those scientists said, um, let's see, uh, we, we presented the, advise, the advisors with a series of food policy recommendations and warned that unless the nation changed its national food policy, a wave of epidemic diseases would threaten the survival of this nation within the next generation. And so, that, was, that was said back in, in the 1977. Okay. 1977. 
So all of my kids were born either in the in the 80s or early 90s, so mm-hmm. they are that next generation. Right. And we sit here in the middle of a pandemic that has threatened the survival of this nation that they predicted in 1977. Interesting. By 1985, the National Cancer Institute reported that radiation therapy and chemotherapy were ineffective. The National Cancer Institute said that Radiation and chemotherapy were ineffective, and in some cases produced toxic side effects as follow-ups for surgery of cancer. Is that true? It's got it sourced in here. We could find it. I mean, the book has got sources for their information. Yeah. But what made it interesting to me is that Stephen Rosenberg was the National Cancer's chief surgeon. He operated on President Reagan, who had colon cancer. Right. And instead of chemotherapy or radiation, he put him on a modified whole grain diet. And that took care of it. Yep. Wow. Okay. But so you go back to your statement about me thinking they're not going to cure cancer. In 85, the National Cancer Institute said that chemotherapy and radiation were not good solutions, but they do make good money. And that's, uh, and that's, that's the bottom line. It's money, isn't it? There's, I mean, I could go on and on with the stories that people I've met here in our town alone that I believe... The cases went from, there's a lady that we just recently supported had stage zero breast cancer. Stage zero. Very treatable. I've never heard of a stage zero. Right? Stage zero, which means they can possibly see a cancerous cell. Okay. They, they cut the cell out. They did radiation to stop the spread. It's my belief that the radiation pissed off the rest of the cells because it came back as stage four and it's in her bones now. And so she's now terminal but treatable. So now she's on a never-ending cycle. What do you mean terminal, but treatable? Meaning that she will die at some point of cancer, but they can treat it with all kinds of drugs. Wow. But when it was stage zero, there was no need for radiation. A modified diet would probably have fixed it. But they cut the cancer out, and they used radiation. And in 85, the National Cancer Institute said that radiation would cause toxic side effects. Interesting. We need to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, Teresa Lule State Farm Insurance. Back in just a moment. What are we going to talk about when we come back? I'm not sure. I got my soapbox there for a second. <laughs> More of Baron <laughs> in just a moment. Stick around. that Western medicine was actually Here we go. <clears throat> We're back with our final few minutes. Okay. We are back with our final few minutes. Today's guest has been my buddy Baron Robinson, and we're talking about cancer and kicking cancer. You have an organization called um, Kicking Cancer. Kicking Cancer. There you go. What uh, What's coming up next for you guys? 
we do quarterly workshops to try to get some of this information out that we're talking about. Um, actually, the next thing is our Polar Plunge, and that's just part of our support program, just in supporting people. Um, this isn't a fundraiser for us. This is a way for us to support Michael and then also help Special Olympics. But March the 5th, we have our quarterly workshop. It's going to be held at the Rec, which is the old town and country bowling alley in Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Um, they took some storage rooms upstairs and turned them into conference rooms. And so um, we're using those conference rooms. There will be, there will be vendors there, uh, local businesses that have advice for you, products if you want them. Um, so there's vendors available between the speakers. The topic for that workshop is called Practical Proactive Healthcare. Okay. And our first speaker, her name is Allie Parkerson, and she was at Salem Hospital as a nutritionist, had got her education in dietetics, and once she got to the hospital, she's like, you're going to feed these people what? Like, like really? Because she knew what that food would actually do to a patient. And she says, I, I can't do this. So she walked away. She started her own company. It's called Parkside Nutrition, and she consults people on better ways to eat and you know, lifestyle. So she's our first speaker. Um, our second speaker is two ladies that worked in the ER ward, and they would watch these people come through with the same problem. And like six weeks later, they come back with the exact same problem and the exact same problem. And they, they called them frequent flyers, but they eventually, the two ladies would do and they said, you know, all we're doing here is making money for the hospital. We're not really helping anybody get better. So they left, got some more education. They started Phoenix Rising, which is a business on Liberty here in Salem. Mm-hmm. Um, and their goal at their business is for you to stop coming. You come in, they'll treat you. They have medical license to take care of you, but they want you to actually get preventive so that they don't, you don't keep coming back. Right, right. Um, and so their topic is called Broken System Equals Broken Patient. Oh, I like that. Okay. And they worked in a broken system. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, the, both the speakers are going to really talk about their own experiences and why they chose to leave Western medicine and get more involved. Um, one of the things that I want to bring up, because I'm the moderator for these workshops, uh, if you look at the the native tribes here in this area throughout the whole United States, the one member of the tribe that was the most taken care of, as most revered member of the tribe, was the medicine man. Mm-hmm. They gave him a tent, they provided him with food, they took care of the medicine man on one condition. The tribe stayed healthy. Now, if you look at our current system, our tribe, our community, the people that we think of as being well-revered, nice houses, nice cars, are typically the medicine men, the doctors. Right. But they're only well taken care of on one condition. You stay sick. We have the exact opposite society as native tribes had. We need to get back to paying people well as long as we stay healthy. Interesting. So that's right. that's the theme for our upcoming workshop. All right. And that's going to be on March the 5th? March the 5th. It's going to be at the, the rec, which is the old town and country bowling alley. Right. There will be an event coming up on Facebook soon and a flyer. We're getting all that stuff put together for you right now. But that's our next upcoming ex- um, activity. Okay. What else you got coming up? Um, we're excited that in the middle of COVID, we managed to pull off a festival last year. In fact, you guys were there at our, at our golf tournament. So we're having our second annual Kicking Cancer Festival. But as opposed to trying to squeeze everything into one weekend, we're going to do one event a month between May and October. How's that going to work? So the first event will be May 14th. It's going to be a disc golf tournament out at Oak Knoll Golf Course. What is that? 
So it's basically you're throwing a frisbee into a basket. So you're playing golf around the outside of the golf course, but you're throwing a frisbee towards a basket as opposed to a ball towards a hole. So it's disc golf. Years ago, when I was um, younger and more dumb than I am now, I used to skydive. And we would do that as well. You would have, I didn't, our jump masters would, they would jump. And as they're getting about a thousand feet or so from the ground, they'd toss out the frisbee and then they would maneuver around and land on the frisbee. Oh, wow. And some of those guys would land right on top of that frisbee. That's really maneuvering your parachute. Um, I was lucky if I came within about three miles of my frisbee. Wow. Never happened. Never happened. <laughs> but that was some pretty accurate stuff, tossing those Frisbees and land right on top of it. That is really accurate. Yeah. All right. So that's coming up a, a Frisbee golf tournament. Yep. So, in fact, we're, um, the lady who owns uh, Oakland Golf Course, her name is Carla Hicks, and she is a skin cancer survivor. So this oh, is nice. This is the Carla Hicks Open. Okay. And then June 24th is our annual Kicking Cancer on the Grass golf tournament. Okay, you're trying to tell me something here, aren't you? Yeah, we're kicking cancer on the grass. grass. <laughs> See, I can actually never say that word with, and then kind of say that word because kicking we always say donkey. Grass. Yeah, because your your slogan is kicking cancer in the donkey. The donkey. Yeah, not the other word. But and now this is kicking cancer on the grass. Yeah. Do you um do you stay up late at night thinking these things? Only when I'm about ready to come see you. Okay. <laughs> Um, and what's that all about? So it's a it's a charity golf tournament. Um, we're going to be at McNary Golf Course. Uh, we'll have a flyer up here real soon because registrations start February the 11th. And it's a four-person. It's called a scramble. So basically you all hit the ball. You go to where the best person was, and then you just keep playing towards the hole. Oh, really? It's a format they use in, in golf called a scramble. Oh, okay. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We raised about $12,000 last year. We'd like to double that this year. We raised about $30,000. Where does that money go? So that money actually stays local for local people fighting cancer. Okay. And the bulk of it actually goes to a program we all call Pathways. So Pathways is to empower the kids of the families going through cancer. Okay. So just use your case, for example, when you got the diagnosis, you had kids at the time, I assume. Right. How did your kids handle your diagnosis? Not well. Not well. Not well. So Pathways is designed to come in and, and help those kids, or do, do homework with them, take them out to Bullwinkles to go miniature golfing, take them bowling, whatever. We want to take the kids someplace to distract them, to empower them, to live through this, so you can deal with the cancer and they can survive this traumatic in, experience. In my situation, um, when I was seven years old, I lost my father to cancer. And when I was diagnosed, uh, my father was 35. When I was diagnosed with cancer, I was 35, and my son was 7. Oh, wow. And Deja vu. That was a real strong, tough year for him because he, he felt he was going to lose his dad. Yeah. And, and even though I was convinced, no, you're not, nah, it was, it was a tough year for him. Yeah. We just want to make sure that those kids can survive that. So, so the bulk of the money we raise goes to that Pathways program. Okay. Um, and now that we're getting out of the COVID restrictions, we can really make that program happen even better. We started the program before COVID hit, and it, so it was just taking off, and then COVID made it hard to do anything. So we're hoping that we can actually get that program rolling. But uh, So again, we have a charity golf tournament. We're going to do an awareness walk in August. That one's um, on concrete, so that one's kicking cancer on the asphalt. 
<laughs> and we're doing a thing down at Goss Stadium with the baseball team, and that's um, AstroTurf. So, <laughs> so we're going to be down there kicking cancer on the AstroTurf. Uh-huh. That game's called Strikeout Cancer. All right. So, I've got, you, I've got any, more. Are there any more got, ads I, that you want to throw in there? Only you. There you go. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, we're just about out of time. I always enjoy it when you come back in. And uh, will you come back and join us again sometime? Whenever you ask. I love All coming right. in here. Go uh, go. good luck on your on your polar plunge. I yeah. will see you on the 5th as we freeze. No, and I'll as g- you freeze. I'm, I'm, gonna give, I'm giving you a big hug. No, you're not. Okay. I'm going to go run and hide. Okay. <laughs> good luck. Thank you, sir.